The following podcast contains spoilers and words like and gosh Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hey there, this is We Watched a Thing. Thanks for joining us. Um, special thanks if you've if you did four hours homework. Yeah, this week. mate. If you guys if you guys made the decision to watch along with us, then kudos to you, man. Because I wouldn't have. <laughs> like in hindsight, I wouldn't watch this again. Am I am I holding my cards too far away from my chest here? Do I need to do I need to pull back a notch? Look, the beginning of the show says spoilers. <laughs> All right, spoilers for both the film and for the upcoming 30 or so minutes. I didn't like this. <laughs> I didn't like it one little bit. Am I, am I, now am I going too far ahead? <laughs> I'm all right with it. All right, what are we talking about this week anyway, just so the audience at home know? We are talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, possibly more commonly known as the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut, that's right. Uh, is a 2021 director's cut of the 2017 American superhero film Justice League. It presents Justice League, the fifth film of the DCECU, um, as director Zack Snyder had intended it before he left production. So, it's very similar to the theatrical release. It stars, of course, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, and Ezra Miller. And what is it about, Toph? I'm looking forward to you breaking this one down for us. What's it about? It's about- um Bending down to the will of unhinged fans. That's what it's about, quite <laughs> frankly. I mean, and look, I, I, I'm not without a level of sympathy here. If, you, if you're invested in the DCEU, I mean, I don't understand you. But okay, let's say you are. Yeah. Let's say you've been all in on these films. Again, why? Couldn't I, I don't know. And what you got was Justice League. Yeah. Hell, I'd be pissed. It happened to us. It we got Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. We, okay. Been, yes. I'm I'm actually like I'm genuinely not wild about the precedent of white boys get angry. Okay, no worries, we'll do what you want. Here's the thing for me too. Let's not forget that the film before this was Dawn of Justice, which was if I'm gonna say it, I like it. There's a lot of people who think that that film is worse than Justice League even. I'm I'm not one of those. I didn't mind Dawn of Justice. I know it has the silly Martha moment. But I yeah, think, I mean, I it's think not there's good. a bit of fun in there. It's not good. It's not good. But I didn't I didn't throw the toys out of the cot at that film. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't good, but fine. Moving on. Justice League then came out and, and was a very bad film. Just a very bad film. And like I said, were I invested in this? And and I and I thought or knew that there was another version out there that I thought I would want more. Of course, I would want it. But I'm going to do something, something that I haven't done in a while, and something that I know you're going to get a lot of enjoyment out of. Are you ready for this? I think I know what's it's coming. time for. Big Dizzle's big call. That's right, my friends. It's, I thought that might be popping up. It's time for a B-Dizzle's Big Call. Here we go, y'all. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready for you to try and turn the podcast into commercial radio. I'm absolutely ready for it. This film is not as good as the theatrical cut. Boom. Said it. There it is. Wow. I, I know that I'm probably- I know I'm probably alone here, and that's why I'm going with the BDBC, the classic Big Call, but this this- 
This movie was a turd. This <laughs> I really did not enjoy this. <laughs> he, I think I think here's where I would land on that. If you were to say to me, you need to sit down and watch any given 15 or 20 minute chunk of Justice League or Zack Snyder's Justice League, I would pick Zack Snyder's Justice League. But if you said you need to rewatch one of them, I'd pick the theatrical one because it's not four hours long. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into it proper. So you and I made the- Four hours, Billy. Four hours. Four hours. Yeah, which you and I, when we decided we were going to do this on the show, we made the smart choice to watch this together so that at least we could have a little bit of fun out of it. But you- We needed support. You were clearly hungover from a wedding the day before. I was very, I was very ordinary. I was in a world of hurt. I had had vertigo all week. And I don't know if you know this, the medication they give you for vertigo is the same medication that they give people for schizophrenia. And it messes you up, man. I didn't sleep for a week. Which was okay for us because I got up at 3 a.m. And, and put a pork in the smoker. And that was fun at least. That part was good. <laughs> but even with both of us watching this together, I can't say that either of us enjoyed it. <laughs> no, the level of relief when this thing ended only to realize there was a 30-minute epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> which, was then, which was then very upsetting. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's, I mean, the, uh, the amount of people that have already turned this podcast off is- Close to one hundred percent because the because yeah. the only people who've watched this film are people who liked absolutely everyone else is like why why would I do that again so unfortunately the only people listening to this episode are people that have already turned off that that are into this movie and people who are like we watch to think completionists and listen to every episode so to like the three of you I uh, <laughs> hope you enjoy the rest of this set yeah this is going to be much worse than even. Um tenant for us i I see a couple of one star reviews in our future yeah you're right the only people who are watching for no one's going to sit through four hours except for people who are already rooting for snyder and who want this movie to be good correct shall we get into it then sure all right plenty to get into long movie but yeah well yeah (laughs) hopefully we won't talk for as long as the movie was (laughs) all right i'm going to start with my most hated thing about this film the cgi in this film is worse than the theatrical cut i don't care what anybody says this is a really bad looking film and i think that the worst part of that is steppenwolf i look everyone knows that steppenwolf didn't look great in the original justice league he looked a little bit like a cheesy guy with a suit on when you look at the source material that's what it's meant to be this was such a cgi mess for me that you could there was nothing in there like when he spoke his mouth was out of sync with the voice it was that bad did you find the same thing about steppenwolf i didn't i have memories of being just deeply underwhelmed by steppenwolf in the theatrical cut my memory is that i would take this one but like we're talking about a movie that i watched several years ago and tried not to think about much since so this is my problem anyone who thinks this is better than theatrical cut i think needs to watch the theatrical cut again because i think if you look at these why would you wish that upon someone (laughs) i honestly my thing is that if you look at these side by side this doesn't look as good i don't think this is any more cohesive one of the big complaints about justice league was that it was not cohesive this i think really jumps all over the shop um, and I think people are just forgetting the first one, honestly. People just have this inherent hatred for it. I sure do. <laughs> um, look, I would say that while, yeah, I don't think this is- a, In like four hours, you've got plenty of time to be cohesive, you'd, you'd think. Um, I, I don't think it is. I think at least like- And I'm, I'm finding little things here 
to stick up for the movie. I don't have many. At least it's a co an incohesive film that feels of a piece. Whereas the theatrical release was an incohesive film that you could like the seams were there of this is not one filmmaker's film. Yeah, I agree. At with least that. with this, like I don't like it. I don't like it. But at least I feel like I'm watching one person's movie. Yeah, although I have to say I was surprised that there's been a lot of talk of how, um, and I said this to you when we were watching it, there's been a lot of talk about the difference between this and the theatrical. And the cinematographer came out and said that the theatrical cut only used 10% of footage that Snyder shot. I feel like it has to be a higher percentage of that because looking at this, there are a lot of scenes that obviously there's differences there, but there are some exact shots that are reused in in this cut. It felt like an exaggeration, didn't it? It really does feel like an exaggeration. It feels like you're the you're the cinematographer. And I like they used like maybe five percent. <laughs> are you saying I exaggerate? <laughs> I, I Well you gave Justice League a seven out of ten, so <laughs> I would say that maybe, like, I, I don't know, maybe you could get away with claiming 30 or 40 or I think 50 looks more accurate to me, but I, I certainly don't think it's 10. I think there are a lot of shots that you can see are the same. I'm, I'm looking at, like, some notes here that I have, which I don't know how much time I want to spend on them because they're just the same. They're probably, like, I didn't go back and listen to our episode on Justice League, but they're probably- Similar. And like, and please do not go back and listen to our episode on Justice League. It was our, our first very ever first. episode. Yeah. It was recorded in a basement with a terrible <laughs> with, microphone. With one little lapel microphone on an iPhone. We didn't know that we were doing a podcast at the time. No, I assumed it would be, I, I assumed it would be our one and, and only recording. Yeah. Topher had this idea for us to do an animated movie review show, which I was going to animate. We got down there thinking we'd do like five minutes and it came out like 35. And I was like, I'm not drawing that many frames. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I'm still going to bring up some beefs here, which are the same beefs that I have with Justice League. I think that's fair. This is a separate film. If you're only going to listen to one podcast about either and it, and it happens to be us and you haven't turned us off yet, um, here we go. Beef number one, This is I'm, I'm not the first to say this. This is not original, but we're here to talk about the movie. So here we go. The lack of world building that that they've done in this for this film is ridiculous. Yeah. Like not only- even let's for a second let's park the fact that this film does half origin stories in it because it hasn't done that groundwork like the MCU did, which they claim they weren't in competition with. I mean, just please, just stop, just stop with that. But like in this film, there's enough of a a lack of groundwork done that quite early on in the film, the first sequence that we have Diana Prince, therefore she has to tell a person that she currently has lassoed and really she's telling the audience what the lasso is what it does yeah because because the film knows that it can't trust us to just know that yeah so it like it's like it knowingly like it knows that it hasn't done the work I know, and that's the excuse for this film being four hours long is that those previous films didn't exist. So, this this does have to do the character building for both Flash and Cyborg and, to some extent, even the others, as you say, like Diana Prince. But, yeah, you're right. This has to do a lot of, a lot of character building. And for a four-hour edit, I still don't think it does a great job of that. You're right. It feels- undersold still we still are getting a lot of exposition for characters and it doesn't really help us much well that's it if you if you think about insert origin story 
for insert superhero. How like at, at what point do you think in in that film we've seen plenty of them? Do you go from origin story to okay, here's the actual plot of this film? Are we talking forty five minutes to an hour? Here's the thing though: how much origin do you need? Well, no, this is this is what I'm saying: is that even if you do two origin stories, you've still got more than two hours to then tell a story. Yeah, which makes it shocking that on on a couple of fronts. One is that those origin stories are still incredibly half baked. Incredible. And then the other is that the pl- what what plot? What is this movie even about? I know, and we'll get Jesus. to we'll, we'll get to Flash's origin story. Don't 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 get me started. I agree. Steppenwolf and the 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 mother boxes, which is the worst name ever. Like the plot is the same as the first Justice League. So if you had a problem with the plot, you're still going to have a problem with the plot. It's still incredibly cheesy, incredibly underbaked, and completely not inspired. One of the things that you spoke about when we did our original episode was about how unoriginal is it to have a beam of energy in the sky as the big bad. We still have that. That's still the main crux of this story. So if you had issue with that, you will still have issue with this. Let me pose this to you. Just recently, I rewatched Fellowship of the Ring. Now, arguably, there are nine origin stories in that film. It's still shorter than this. You don't need- Even the extended version. Yeah. You don't need all of Legolas's backstory, all of Aragorn's backstory. There is a way to bring a team together in one film without having all of that past stuff. And this doesn't do any of that. Like, you could argue that the first cut didn't. I don't think this does it any better. I mean, we we did remark a couple of nights ago when we were watching this that, you know, this movie's like 20 years after Fellowship of the Ring. And which special effects would you rather watch? I mean, it's not even a question, I don't think. This is the problem. This is something that I've been saying since this was announced. I... I never had any faith in these visual effects, and I do not blame the artists. They were clearly given very, very, very little time. And for anyone who says the Snyder Cut existed, it didn't. It it didn't exist. He might have had in his head what it was going to be, and we know that it didn't exist from the way that the format has kept changing. Only a couple of months ago, it was going to be a four-part miniseries, and now it's a film. We know that an actual physical edit of this film didn't exist, which means that none of the visual effects were done, Prior to this. And not only are they doing new effects, they're redoing them. They redid all of Steppenwolf. So the little amount of time that the artists were given to pull this off, I actually have to take my hat off to them. It doesn't look good, but it's not their fault. And it was never going to look good. I can like I can buy that an assembly cut existed somewhere, but you, as, as you say, certainly not with effects. Not with effects. An assembly cut would have just been it would have been a very rough edit that the studio could look at before they said no to it. Because let's face it, no studio was ever going to greenlight this film. This was not the film we were ever going to see. This never they never would have released a four hour film. <laughs> no, God no. I tell you one thing that doesn't work with Zach's for me. With Zack Snyder's style and The Flash, every second shot is slow motion. Yeah. So yeah. when you then slow down the world yeah. to show what The Flash is doing, you haven't actually changed from the rest of the visual language of the film. So The Flash is just existing in this movie, not existing in what's- Does The Flash's, you know, fast uh, state have a have a cool like, name for- Quote, unquote, bullet time, effectively. Like- Yeah. 
the quantum verse. You're right. You <laughs> Does lose. Does he have one of them? <laughs> I mean, everyone has a quantum something, right? Sure. You're right. You completely lose the impact of it because there is so much slow motion in the movie that the first time you see the flash go slow motion, I actually didn't even pick it up. I said to you, wait, why are we slow mowing on a dog barking? And it was you who said, no, that's the flash speeding up. And I was like, oh, Right. I didn't pick that up because so much of the movie prior had been in slow-mo. Yeah. The only thing that saved it was a bunch of sausages in it. (laughs) There's a lot of inconsistencies with the slow-mo and and the speed of the world around as well. I had a big problem with the first scene where Diana Prince stops a bullet and we go into slow-mo there. The bullet is still traveling at a far faster speed than she could physically reach to stop it. Like, I'm I'm not the guy to be like, well, you know, logically this doesn't work out. But it really didn't logically work out. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one thing this movie did. It had a CGI sesame seed slowly falling to the ground. It did do that. And, and bless it for that sesame seed. That was incredible. Easily my favourite scene in the movie when- when we get Flash's origin and he creepily strokes that girl's hair in slow-mo. Just a he- real creepy move, Barry. The creepier part is then when he kind of looks at the sausage in slow-mo and you're like, what is what is, what is, is he thinking here? Is he going what to is put he that doing in her mouth? Because <laughs> in my head, I'm just seeing sausage gifts. I'm like, this is going somewhere bad. <laughs> yeah. But one thing this movie did do is that it went like two hours at one point without a character crying about their dead mum. Which is a record. Yeah. Yeah, lots of dead mums all over the place. I mean- Everywhere. Batman. The Flash. Superman's biological mother. Yeah. Yeah, she dead. It's literally every single character has a dead mum. Why does DC hate mums? What's that about? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, good thing they didn't release this on Mother's Day. Because that would would be weird messaging. (laughs) Because mums would flock to it. Well, I mean, absolutely. What mum doesn't want to go- and watch a four-hour slow-mo film. The anti-life equation. I'm sorry, say what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was a thing in this movie. <laughs> I don't know what it is, and I don't care to. Um, sounds quite silly. Yeah, but what sounds sillier? The, the phrase anti-life equation or the words mother box. <laughs> Probably Motherbox. Motherbox. It's a dumb name. And you're right. They really hate mums. They're giving a bad connotation. I'll tell you what should be awesome is Superman fighting a bunch of other superheroes. Yeah. Because you know, you know what was cool? Was the airport scene in Avengers 2.5. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun scene. That's a fun scene. Um, a fun and so scene. should this be. Uh, wasn't. Wasn't. It was grim and boring like, the other fucking three hours and 45 minutes. Also, to me, though, that part of the film was the part that, to me, was most similar to the theatrical cut. I, I remember that being virtually the same in the theatrical cut. I could be wrong. I need to rewatch. Well, I don't need to. I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but it, it was remarkably similar to me. It struck me that, oh, I've seen this before. But here's the- I'll ask you this. Did you have fun with any of the scenes in this movie? No. I I didn't find any of the action scenes overly- uh, I I certainly wouldn't use the words enjoyable. Like maybe Jason Momoa drinking is the most enjoyable thing that happens. I'd have have a whiskey with Jason Momoa. Yeah. 
I don't want to be near drowned at sea for it to happen. Who would you rather have a whiskey with, Jason Momoa or Henry Cavill? Momoa. You know what I missed about this movie? Henry Cavill had a normal lip, and that upset me. <laughs> that was disappointing, wasn't it? Because, I mean, even with even with a cartoon lip, he was still better looking than us. Yes. Now it's just gone back to being flat out unfair. Yeah, agreed. That's a handsome man. Uh, I have another good uh, another note here that's a good thing about this film. Okay, yep. The removal of the truly stupid rock tentacles and truly stupid who cares family from the finale. Yep. Good cut. Yep. Good cut. I agree. Imagine if they were still here. Four hours and something. Yeah, getting rid of the family from the end is a good idea. Yep. Great move. I agree. I've actually- the finale is definitely the one point where it is better than the theatrical cut. Um, I like the color palette a lot better too. The theatrical cut was very was it all, orange, it was like very all red. red or purple, or yeah, yeah. And there was a lot more energy beam from the sky, which in this film they they had gotten rid of that by the by the finale. Yeah, it's more. It's definitely more coherent. I think the finale in this version. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Coherence, you know, in in the scope of this episode, coherence, high praise. Yes. <laughs> this movie unfortunately falls into, I think, the problem with so many stories involving Superman, which is that Superman's too good. It's too, fu- too fucking powerful. When he turns up to fight, like, an end boss in Steppenwolf, this is, like, this is a big bad, as far as I know. I'm, I'm, I'm no comic book scholar. It will shock you to hear. <laughs> but to me, Steppenwolf seems like a pretty big bad. Superman turns up and just kicks the shit out of this guy. And it's like, oh, okay. That was kind that was kind of easy. I'm actually going to disagree with you here. I think one of the weaknesses of the film is that it doesn't do enough to tell us why the presence of Superman is so important. Because I think that what this film does a lot is- And because it does give you more backstory, I guess, to the other characters- I think arguably this film kind of gives you so much Cyborg that by the end of the film, you're like, well, Cyborg is basically Superman. There is very little that he can't do. Maybe he can't run as fast. The Flash can. And in the final scene, it's the Flash who does the fast running to, you know, do whatever it is he's running for. I couldn't give a fuck. Um, Possibly a quantum verse. Diana can stop bullets and she seems Honestly, almost as fast. If she can run fast enough to stop bullets, then the Flash and Superman aren't that much faster than her. I feel like this film is very, very weak at displaying why the the presence of Superman is so important that by the time they bring him back, I don't care. I don't know why they're bringing him back. I don't know why they need him there. They, they seem extremely powerful without him. None of these characters seem to have any weaknesses for me. The Flash, the Flash does say that he can approach the speed of light. That's that's very fast. I believe that's faster. That's than a lot. Superman. That's a lot faster than stopping bullets on this on a, on a time on a scale of how fast are you? I mean, stopping bullets still very fast. Yes, very fast. But it's not approaching the speed of light. That's faster than Superman. Superman can't run at the speed of light, and yet Superman can go fast enough. If you're thinking back to Superman three, he can go fast enough to turn back time. Like if I was the Flash, I'd want to be able to beat Superman in a straight sprint. Otherwise, I'm like Jesus. But like the one thing I have. <laughs> Yeah, he's still better. At he's still better. I mean, you'd be filthy. It's like, imagine if Superman was a better detective than Batman. You'd just be like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. I know, it would be like if someone could destroy their liver better than you. Not that, not that Batman has ever been a detective in any movie with Batman in it, which is kind of meant to be. Am I wrong? Like, like I said, not, not a comic book guy, but 
like that's meant to be Batman's thing, right? Well, he's his thing. I mean, initially Batman came from- Isn't he meant to be like literally the world's greatest detective? He initially literally came from Detective Comics. It wasn't called Batman. It was called Detective Comics. And yeah, that was- I mean, that is his skill. He has no superpowers at all. He's he's meant to be a detective. Hey, 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 hey. He's rich. <laughs> he was meant to be a detective. And then, you know, they fucking turned him into a ninja instead, which is not what he's about. <laughs> and then an emo. Yeah. Yeah. Still not as emo as Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3, though. <laughs> well, no. But who is? Martian Manhunter. That's a name. That's a name. Well, see, so, I mean, again, he's a he's a he's an established character, which is fine. I don't mind the idea He'd want to be, because if you came up with that name in the year of our Lord 2021, <laughs> fucking hell. I know, but can you imagine coming up with the name Batman in 2021? You would get laughed out of any room. It's it's like if a six-year-old drew a comic. Even Superman. Like. He's a man who's super. But super. <laughs> you know, I want to see a superhero with just like a normal name. Like, this is Franklin. He runs at the speed of sound. Go, Franklin, go. <laughs> yeah, epilogue was totally worth it just to get Martian Manhunter, I felt. Yeah, here's the thing for me. I I don't like the whole part system at all. When it was first announced a couple of weeks ago, for me, I was like, okay, the only reason for this announcement is for those who want to watch this as a miniseries, which I can imagine would be a lot of people because four hours is a long time to give up. If we hadn't watched this together, I would have watched this in parts like I did with The Irishman. Like, it's it's too much. The epilogue is much the same. The epilogue, I mean, firstly, the whole thing could just be completely cut. I don't need Jared Leto. I don't need that. No one. No one needs Jared Leto. I don't need Martian God. Manhunter. I'm, I'm with you there. I don't need him. Um, and that's the kind of thing that in a, in a theatrical cut, you would have just had that Martian Manhunter snippet in a post credit scene or something. Yeah. And in that case- As, he, as he did that thing where he kind of- He turns away from camera and then goes, oh- <laughs> Some people call me. It's like, oh my god, is this? Is I know. This, if that happens in a TV episode of Supergirl, okay, it's it's cheesy TV. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. Fucking really. It's like when you have to film a corporate video and they want to start it by turning to the camera, going, "Oh, hello, I didn't see you there." <laughs> Except Nobody that's wants awesome. that. That is not awesome. Come on, come on. You do that into a star wipe. <laughs> You're cooking with gas. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not here for the epilogue. It's, it's. I mean, the movie itself is far too long already, and then the epilogue is over half an hour, and then you find out that the majority of it is a dream sequence. Mm. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. Now, is that why- So, now we're out of cheesy TV. Now we're into actual Days of Our Lives stuff. <laughs> the fact that it was a dream, is that why Jared Leto's Joker doesn't have his tattoos? Because he's- In this scene, he's literally an imagination of the Batman- or is that is that just Snyder saying, well, fuck the rest of the continuity? He could have just had white makeup over the tattoos, I suppose. I mean, he could have. I think you'd still see it through them, though, right? Don't know. Let's talk about the score for a minute. There was a lot of talk that this film was going to be- This version of the film was going to be scored by Junkie XL as opposed to Danny Elfman, who did the last score. Um- this there were there were segments of of clear XL in here. I don't I don't feel like the entire score here was junky though. Did do you? It, look, it didn't feel that way. Um, and I suppose there'd be an argument for changing up the music depending on 
which character you're kind of most with in any given scene. No, like, I could see that. Okay, yeah. But ultimately, yeah, there were just- it, it really did stick out when sometimes you were like, okay, yeah, this really does feel like a Junkie XL bit of score. But certainly it, like the rest of the film, did not feel coherent. No, I have to say there was a lot of the score that I think is entirely forgettable and just- I, there was a lot that, and this is this is a big Snyder thing. There was a lot of weird music choices in here that just did not match the moment of the film. I think, and to me, that's the point of score or soundtrack is that it it elevates the moment to the point where you cannot separate the song and the film. This didn't do that at all for me. It's there are some very weird decisions made musically here. Not the worst thing about the film. <laughs> no. Um, cinematography wise. How are you there? Uh, same cinematographer, obviously, as the theatrical cut. And as I said, I think that there's actually quite a lot of reused footage, which we were told there wasn't. I, I think there is still quite a bit. How did you feel about the overall look of the film? I, look, I don't like it, but that's not like I don't have a beef with the lighting or anything. I just have a beef with Snyder's general whatever whatever lookup table it is that they throw on what they've shot that gives it that, you know, I'm sure what they're going for is a really, you know, hashtag grim look, which if you're into it, great, have fun. For me, it's not, for me, it's not actually a good grim look. Like, if you look at the trailer for The Batman, that is a great-looking trailer, and it's dark, and it is a great-looking trailer. Um, do the visuals in this film do it for me? No. If you look at, for example, Seven, which I think is one of the forefathers of the grim film look, you know, to me, that kind of started what Snyder is going for. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that this hits that. And I'm not against Snyder. I've really enjoyed some of his films in the past. I think that his remake of Dawn of the Dead is one of the best horror movies I've seen. I, I love it. And I think a lot of that comes down to James Gunn's writing. But- yeah, for me, I don't love the look of this film. I think my biggest problem with that, though, is the CGI, definitely. You know, there are there are entire battle sequences, like the fight between Steppenwolf and the Amazonians in this film. To me, I sat there thinking, wow, this looks like a, a video game, like a, a, cur- a current yeah. day video game. It looked, to me, a lot like a video game and I, I I'm not here for that. Like that's not what I want to see. That didn't that doesn't suck me in and get me into the story. I would rather see people in cheesy costumes, to be honest. Especially if you're going with a four three film. And this is what really bothers me. You know, if you look at the original Steppenwolf and this Steppenwolf, sure the first one looks kind of cheesy. He's a man in a helmet. What aesthetically blends better with a four three film? And I don't think the look of this film blends with that. Where were you on the aspect ratio? I don't. I don't know why they, why they decided to go down that path. Um, a lot of articles like, that I've read point to that it's very. It's not the same. I'll say that, but it's very similar to IMAX aspect ratio, which is close to square, and that mm-hmm. Snyder envisioned this being released on IMAX. Um, but then he knows it's being released on HBO Max. Well, that, and that's the thing. And they're trying to claim that it was originally filmed this way. I don't buy that for a second. Anyone who works in film knows that it is much easier to let you know frame for four three while filming sixteen nine and crop in on that than it is to film four three. Are, are they trying to claim that Whedon then had to letterbox everything well- in? 
No, I, I would probably push back on that. There are certainly sensors out there that their native format is is essentially the academy aspect ratio and that you then take a, a widescreen or 16.9, whatever you're going to, you then take that from, from that, yeah, from the whole thing, from everything so you, that the sensor so you, is. So you shoot wider capture. effectively, so that you can crop in. Yes, that's crazy to me. To me, it makes much more sense to to crop the other way around. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I I I just have trouble buying it that it was filmed this way. What studio would allow them to film in four three? I just think it's a weird choice because you're right. It's being released digitally. It's not being released theatrically at this stage. And most films that are shown in IMAX are still released widescreen. (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. So, I think we've well and truly shown our cards here. I don't think anyone is going to be surprised when I just say I didn't like this film. How are you scoring it? Yeah, I was mildly disappointed that my prediction was not correct, was that it was just being Zack Snyder, just the same film, but at half speed. Um, <laughs> I actually think, I, actually, I might have applauded that move. Just like, just a mad flex. Just, just the like, same film, just slow-mo. No doubt, yeah. You think you've seen slow Snyder? <laughs> Get this in your eyeballs. Um, yeah, but ultimately, um, as I said to you two nights ago, this film is the best argument I've seen for the legalisation of marijuana, because <laughs> maybe then- who knows? Um, who knows? Either that or you need to take a drink every time someone says mother box. <laughs> that could have been fun. See, here's That the could thing. have been fun. To me, this film is the best argument for studio meddling. I, I just, there, like, there's no way a studio would have released this film if, as you say, it hadn't been for deranged fanboys screaming for the Snyder Cut. And, like, I don't know- I can't pick a side here. In some ways, I'm like, good on him for getting out his creative vision of this truly is it. Um, I, it's just not for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, that part of it, I'm for, like, in, in what he's in what Zack Snyder's gone through the past five years. Yeah. Him being able to get out his film, like, yeah, that like, fine, good, like, <laughs> yeah, good on you. Yeah. Um, and as I say, I, I've liked a lot of his films in the past. I've got no beef with Snyder at all. I'm- I'm happy for him as a filmmaker. I just think that this film doesn't- Is bad. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's- It's bad. Um, th- three, three out of 10. It's a bad film. Yeah, I'm a three out of 10 as well. Uh, it is funny though. So, you do rate this higher than the previous because from memory, you gave the original cut a two. A two. It is a. It is an appalling film. Which and ridiculously me, is the same score you gave Tommy Boy. If I had to watch one again- I would watch the two out of ten film just because it takes up so much less of your life. Yeah, well, an extra one point on the scoreboard isn't isn't worth an extra two hours. No, it's not. Um, and also, it's not the same score that I gave Tommy, Tommy Boy. It's it's more than I gave Tommy Boy. <laughs> that is ridiculous, mate. No, one out of ten. No, I hate that film. <laughs> I hate it. Would you watch a Snyder cut of Tommy Boy? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Snyder. Fan cut Tommy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Slow-mo cow tipping. <laughs> Instead of the sesame seed, we just go macro onto a blade of grass, just <laughs> getting crunched by a bovine. <laughs> All right, here's a question. What films would you love to see a Snyder cut of? Crickets. Yeah, you got nothing? <laughs> I got nothing. Oh, you cut that out then. 
All right. I'd have to take that as a question on notice. <laughs> All right, what are we going to do next week, buddy? Uh, we have a patron request we next do. week. We do. Um, we know that a lot of our patrons don't like us, so I don't know if this is like a, hey, here's a movie I love, or eat shit, watch this, <laughs> which has happened. Yeah, I need to ask you about this. So, this request came direct to you. Did they give any any kind of indication of their thoughts of this film? It's a weird choice to me. <laughs> Yeah, I really don't know. Um, I know I know that it was either going to be this or a Sean Astin film, and they were like, "I'm not going to make you watch Sean Astin." <laughs> okay, here, because here have have the movie that we haven't even we haven't even said we haven't even said the movie yet, have we? <laughs> We've not. Very strange no. pull here. Late '90s Bill Murray vehicle, The Man Who Knew Too Little, which I saw in the '90s but haven't seen since. Have you seen it before? I think I'm probably in the same boat that this will effectively be a fresh watch. I mean, my memory- And I was a kid at the time, and my memory is that it wasn't good. So, I-, I, I Awesome. I, I'm- Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how the revisit goes. <laughs> at least- At least I've looked it up. It's short. <laughs> I'll give it that. It's not four hours. Only three hours twenty or something? <laughs> okay, well, that was good. Good chat, Billy. I'm looking forward to the one-star reviews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll read some out next week. We should. We should make a fun little thing of it. We should read out the one-star reviews that we've got for Tenet and then for this. <laughs> In the meantime, if you like our show, go give us a five-star review. Go balance it out. Do we have anything else to say? Oh, God, no. Well, I'll just say this then. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at WeWatchTheThing.com or WeWatchTheThing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at WeWatchTheThing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at Patreon.com forward slash WeWatchTheThing. And if you actually like what we're doing, maybe go give us some five-star reviews just to balance out all the one-stars we're getting from this episode. And we'll catch you next week with the man who knew too little. See ya. Watch a movie, folks. Doesn't even need to be a four-hour one. <laughs> Ideally not. I mean, certainly not this movie. This movie is longer than Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, really. Come on. Come on. Turn it up. (laughs) Okay. Pound for pound. What do you think is the longest movie that is worth its runtime? Lawrence of Arabia. Do you think that's better than Titanic, though? Or Godfather 2. Or Godfather 2. Both of which are so much better than Titanic, it's not funny. <laughs> well, that's not true or fair. <laughs> well, you haven't seen either of those films, so- <laughs> You know why- How would you know? You know why I haven't seen it, mate? Too long. <laughs> <laughs>